We've got quite the collection here. Looking across just a, this a real this collection. Yeah. You walk into this room and you're just completely overwhelmed. I mean, it's like, where do I start? This kind of collecting is is becoming very popular. People are looking for old hunting gear and and calls. There's hundreds here. How, how did, did you get, even get yeah, into exactly. this? Exactly. How did it I'm, get started? Yeah. How did you start this addiction? <laughs> it, well, it, it is an it yes, kind of is. is an addiction. It is. I've always been fascinated by old stuff. I probably started collecting calls in 2010 or 11. Mm. And I wanted a checkered Earl Denison duck call. That's what I wanted. Okay. And I found a, a guy who's become a good friend of mine. Had some Earl Denison duck calls and he was selling some of them. On that first day I bought this call right here which is probably one of the oldest duck calls that I have. It says an Earl Denison and then this Tom Turpin is probably one of the oldest from the teens and 20s. It started from there, and as you can see, it's exploded. The award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, for listening. we got a great show lined up for you today. We're back in West Tennessee. Miss Amy Snyder is helping me co-host. Amy, thank you for having us again. We're always hanging out here in West Tennessee here lately, it seems like. And I, I know. <laughs> And uh, I, but I appreciate you inviting us down and, and working this in. This is going to be a cool show. we got a couple shows lined up for you here. Uh, so this is going to be some great information all about old duck calls. Well, and if you're a calls. collector yeah. of anything, this show is for you. Because mm -hmm. we're going to talk about some pretty cool stuff from Railfoot. Real cool history. Uh, and then we've got some uh, even some history back on some uh, family members of Mr. Mm -hmm. Tony Childers. And Tony, thank you for having us. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me to do this show. Yeah, thank you for letting us invade your space today. Well, you're welcome. I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> uh, we've already, already had great conversations off camera, so I don't think there's any, dis yeah, any no. disappointment coming our way today. Uh, it's been a great tour here of his office. Uh, we are in Dyersburg, Tennessee, and uh, uh, we're going to explore these calls and some family history, but but first, if you don't mind, Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hey, my name's Tony Childers. I'm the Chancellor of the 29th Judicial District of the state of Tennessee, which includes Dyer and Lake Counties. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Leanne. Yeah, we live here in Dyer County. Uh, I'm, I know you don't want to know my age, but I'm 10, 56 years old. Uh, I farm. Still, yeah. a little bit. My brother, he, Wally, he farms as well. Got two children, Adam and Mallory, and I live a kind of a boring life, but I do like to hunt things. And one of the ways I expand that ex opportunities is by hunting for collectibles. Mm. Some people call it junk. I don't know that I disagree, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, this kind of collecting is... is becoming very popular people are looking for old hunting gear and and calls and and artwork and all kinds of great stuff and and uh it's got to be fun to go dig and look for this stuff it is it's fun <laughs> uh takes I mean, a lot of time well as he was telling us earlier he, he's being a little short right now but he likes to go to the basement start in the very back corner and then work his way <laughs> well, back up you're telling almost <laughs> easy easy 
<laughs> Wait a minute. I thought that was insider information. We, we like to, we like, I, I'm a collector of things too. We like to look for the brown recluses because that's where the good stuff is. That's where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I think, like I said earlier, it's becoming popular. People, even if it's not hunting junk, it's other junk. People love to go dig and find some cool things that, that uh, reflect on the history of their state or your county or whatever. But uh, I'm excited to be here today. And, um, Let's dive in. Uh, you mentioned Wally. Wally's your brother. He's yes. our, one of our commissioners. So, Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate his service to the state of Tennessee, the, t- uh, the sportsman of Tennessee. And um, so it was, it was good to see him a little bit earlier. Yeah, he, came, he ran off. He, he stopped by. Yeah. Like he <laughs> he did off. run off. He had to work for 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you, uh, you mentioned your family, but your family runs deep in, in the history of TWRA and the Tennessee Game and Fish Commission. Tell and us, Realfoot. And Realfoot, yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of that. Well, my. Um, my uncle, Charles Childers, he was an old uh, World War II vet, and as far as I can tell, he, uh, I guess, got employed, and this is him right here in his, um, he probably looks about late 20s, early 30s yeah. there, that's probably in the late 40s, early 50s. He, I guess he got his job with the Tennessee Game and Fish Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, I know his badge, his number, his badge is number three. Yeah, he had that till he retired in the in the 1980s, and uh, people have told me he was what y'all call one of the 49ers. Yes. Now I'm not entirely certain what the 49ers mean. Can you explain that to me? We'll let Amy, the former officer, explain that. Well, or actually, she's still an officer. Well, yeah, but it, that was long before my time. But that was some of the first 49 officers that we had the game and fish. So, and these old badges are. Highly collectible. If you're mm-hmm. one of those people that collect TWRA things, like some, this one, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, I have gone nuts over some of his collection here. But not only do you have his state of Tennessee Game and Fish Commission, you also have his federal badge, which I have never seen a federal badge, and this has absolutely blown my mind today. It's um, it's it's old and corroded, and that's the way I like things. Yes. old and crusty, and he was a. He started his career, I guess, at Real Foot Lake. He was from Mobile County. So this would have been his federal commission. Okay. Yes, this was his, his federal, federal commission. Yeah, and as you see in here, he's just got his, his state badge on. But we all have a federal commission as long as a state commission, and that's how we enforce the Lacey Act and, and the, the federal violations. Right. So. Well, with those properties throughout the state, you've to mm-hmm. you got to help and uh, work on those properties as well. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. And I've noticed about a lot of their old uniforms there's one standing sitting over there yeah and, and you had I, some shirts yeah he had too. some other and we'll have to we'll have to yeah i've never seen the shirts the original shirts still in the boxes yeah that, that's unbelievable it's like you yeah. never got to them they're still packaged the same way you buy a shirt today you know pinned and folded well, you actually buy them like that anymore but anyway <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uncle charles was born in 1919 he's a was a child of the depression and when he passed away he was he kept I'd say everything, because that's just how they had to survive back then. I remember my grandmother, his mother, telling me uh, how tough it was. Mm. And he, like he he wore things until they wore out. And when he passed away, there were just boxes wow. and boxes of brand new, I guess it was where they... Uh, Uniform items. Yeah, they gave, I mean, I guess it was part of their right. allotment. Yeah, sure. And I guess he probably had a shirt that fit well and he liked and he those well, guys. Yeah. You know, you kind of, you, you do. You get your uh, uniform allotment, and, and and I do. I have my favorites that I will wear more often. You get, a, you know, boots or shirts, yeah. or and that's what you wear until, well, you, that one's got to go. So, until they get worn. Yeah, but you, you do. You get your favorites. And that 
that's wool that and i've noticed a lot of their um uniforms i don't know how it was very wouldn't been very comfortable compared to what they wear today right. a lot of it was formal law enforcement yeah wear. it looks like they were all like what we call our class a dress now but that's what that looks like you know uh they're they're in their nice dress shirt and ties but th- that is a that is a pretty cool photo in his derby yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you see them in different hats. You had another another photo here with uh, it's more of a LE style cap or police officer style hat. Uh, uh, so that's that's pretty neat. The the different styles of uniform they had back mm-hmm. then and and the changes across you know the changes you see today how they've changed, but a lot of it's still similar. And that is at Real Foot. So that is Real mm-hmm. Foot. Yes, yeah. he he worked there until they. I guess made him retire when he turned 60, which would have probably been, he was born in 1919, so you do the math, 79 and 80. And I can remember him driving a little, a Nova car. That was his, mm-hmm. one of a truck or four-wheel drive, it was a little black Nova car. And he told me a lot of, or me and my brother, a lot of stories about how they used to enforce the game laws. Yeah. One of, and what I found to be most interesting about it was, he he always told me, he said, you knew who was who was hunting and shooting game to feed their families and you knew who was doing it for fun mm-hmm. and you made your decisions of whether or not to write them a ticket based upon those knowledge of the area yeah. now, that may not have been the way to do it now but remember they were depressionary people mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah you uh, the stories i'm sure that he he could tell and, and the history and the the adventures i mean we've seen some old film of some stuff that shot back in the day and it's just it's cool to watch and i'm sure hearing those stories firsthand was really neat yeah well, you, y'all were saying earlier you and your brother were talking about him chasing the crappie oh yeah oh yeah yeah so kind of kind of because people probably wouldn't understand that but bring that up about chasing the crappie from real foot well the way i understand it is back then and actually during my lifetime you could go to a restaurant at real foot and order a crappie meal which is crappies a game fish so i think real foot was one of the only places in the state maybe the country that could you could catch crappie for sale on the market mm. and according to him real foot couldn't produce the poundage of stuff that got sold so he said people were catching them on the river and oxbows and things like that and a lot of them would get sold up into chicago and uh-huh. areas like that really so that was trying to enforce the the um i guess the crappie laws at the time yeah so they yeah that's did they cross state lines going after yeah. those guys? I mean, I guess they'd have to, wouldn't they? I got, well, I guess he could with that uh, law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, with the federal. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Different well, that's time. Cool. That's cool. Different yeah, time. definitely, definitely. Uh, well, you've got quite the collection here. Looking across Just a, this, a real this table. collection. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's from a collector's from someone who collects you walk into this room and you're just completely overwhelmed i mean it's like where do i start from the old licenses from the old law books to the calls to the paintings on the wall to even the shell boxes that are sitting around everywhere i mean there is it is absolutely collector's overload when you walk in here and not and even the decoys i mean i could just Oh, uh, anyway, I've been taking a lot of photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's jump into these calls. Uh, there's hundreds here. Um, and you've got some of your favorites and some of the oldest and some of, you know, right there in front of you. But, but first, how, how did, did you get, even get yeah, into exactly. this? Exactly. How did it I'm, get started? Yeah. How did you start this? 
addiction. <laughs> well, it, it is. An, it yes, kind of is. is an addiction. It is. Um, but when there's no hunting season open, this, this is, is what you this do. This is your hunting season, right? Yes. <laughs> and I guess my collecting, the collecting bug bit me when I was a, a kid raised on a farm. We used to have to chop cotton. And back on the Obine River where we were at, you would run across Indian arrowheads. Mm. So I would always come back with a pocket full of rocks. Probably did more looking for rocks than I did for waste. <laughs> and just over the years, I've always been fascinated by old stuff. Now, it, it was a lot of time before I could start affording to collect calls like this. I was probably, well, I probably started collecting calls in 2010 or 11. Mm. And I wanted a checkered Earl Denison duck call. That's what I wanted. Okay. And I found a, a guy who's become a good friend of mine. Um, he sold. He was had some Earl Dennison duck cows, and he was selling some of them. Somebody put me in contact with him. And um, matter of fact, I see the first call I bought right over there in that box. And up on that first day, I bought that call and this call right here, which is probably one of the oldest duck calls that I have. Uh, that one, it says an Earl Dennison. And then this Tom Turpin is probably one of the oldest from the teens and 20s. But it started from there, and it, uh, as you can see, it's exploded. Well, so for the folks that don't know, um, like me, I'm not a duck hunter, but Earl Dennison, what, what's the significance of his call? And was call, uh, call making what put him on the map, or was he a big hunter? Uh, Earl Dennison was, his trademark was... Uh, the duck call man and uh a friend of mine ray carroll has written several articles and some magazines about him he's and that was the friend i bought my first call about okay and he was uh he probably earl dennison and tom turpin were probably some of the first people who marketed their calls um nationwide okay earl dennison would it you know, the up of the flyway, the top of the flyway, start their season starts before ours, and he would load, make a bunch of calls. And he's from Dyer County. Okay. Since they passed away. Okay. But, and he he would go up to the beginning of the flyway and sell his calls all the way down to the bottom. Go to sporting events and shows that, you know, we still have sport sports shows now, and he would go to those. And Definitely. He had a, a tame Susie that he would carry on his shoulder named Tootsie. And he'd call, and she'd call back. So I just wanted that because it was that Earl Denison call, because it was a local call. And then I found out that he was not the only person from Dyer County that made a duck call. So I decided, well, I need to get one from each mm -hmm. person from Dyer County that made That's a duck call. Starts. I just need and, one more. And then I said, well, since the judicial district I'm in is Dyer and Lake County, I ought to get one call from Dyer and Lake, Lake County, yeah. but I have been good in limiting my collecting area to Dyer and Lake, except when I come up with something that is not Dyer and Lake, but I I won't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, so see, that's the addiction. Yeah. I have to justify it now. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say want, I should say need. Right, yes, right. need. Unless that's what you tell your wife. You yes. need, I need I these, darling. I need well, that. My wife has never said a thing about me collecting and said, well, I'm glad you got it. She's been very supportive. Mm, that's great. That's cool. All right, so we've talked about your first call, and you said one of your oldest. So what is your most unique call here? And, and if, you're, if any of y'all can see some of these calls in the, in the footage, oh, my gosh, there is some amazing wood 
that oh there's some curly maple and yeah. we've had some other discussions about some of these but they're just absolutely beautiful uh unique that's kind of in the and unique for you because everybody has what they everybody would classify something unique but what's the most unique to you here um well there's probably two really that are very i let's let me go back a little bit when people make calls back you know this is wood and the reed is metal these were tools Mm -hmm. they were just selling them i mean so there were no labels there were no most of them didn't come in boxes so you just you collect and you try to figure out a lot of these old cows who made things and i'm no expert at all there's people that know a lot more about it than i do and this is a very unique call that i found in dyer county and um i've been told by a few people that know more about this stuff than i do that this is possibly a a a checkered perry hooker which i hope it is because Mm. if i ever decide to part with it it would be that that valuable probably yeah i don't know but i do notice that on the top of it that it hasn't somebody's carved an h Mm. and this is not be perry hooker's you know standard call but i think it's a big lake his big lake tribute this call right here i found in uh sandberg and i've been told by a few expert collectors that this is probably a non-checkered victor gloat old duck call and this is probably the one of the holy grails of um tennessee duck call collectors so it's this very unique to me to me and of course this duck call right here i'm from bagota tennessee mm. and this duck call right here was made by a guy from bagota tennessee and i i just i just love it because of of that and how I came about these things, that he stumbled upon them. But it's it's kind of got its own characteristics and appointments. But yeah. They're pretty unique. So oh. so which one of these is, have you called a duck in with? <laughs> I don't know that I've ever called a duck in with any duck call. My uncle, Uncle Charles, uh-huh. he used to say, uh, if it wasn't for the duck call, ducks would be extinct. We scare more ducks away with duck calling than... That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a unique call. That's probably one of the oldest Tom Turpin duck calls around. Well, the the, the carvings and the the shapes and the different uh, you know the influences from the different makers. It's pretty cool to sit here and and look at these. I mean, like I like the one that you you the checkered call that you mentioned. I thought that was one of my favorites that I saw in the group. But then you look around and you see uh, 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 the one with the duck carved in it. You know, and that's really cool. Right painted, yeah, right in front of you there. Yeah, the hand painted. Oh, yeah. yeah. 3D. It almost looks 3D. 3D. That's neat, you know, and that's a, a lot of... And I'm drooling over one of the curly maple ones over there. Oh, yeah. And I, and I swear there's a tiger eye in here. And anyway, so... And there's one over there. I would love to know what... And I, uh, it looks like a wormy oak almost, but... Uh, yeah, I I know they're wood. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> well, well, let's jump to the wood. I mean, we had that to talk about yeah, most so most what, unique wood. Yeah. What is the? <sighs> well, you've mentioned some that are very. She she obviously knows her woods. I just know it's wood. Mm. Um, and you've pointed out some some calls that are in some of these boxes that are very pretty. Um, I like this one, and I think it is curly maple. It looks it. I just like the way it. I just like the way the look. I mean, the look, and it also. I don't have no idea who this is, hmm. but this is an Earl Denison duck call or a Ferris Garner duck call. Who's Earl Denison's uh, um, 
uh, son-in-law, and it was sold in Wisconsin. So that just gives credence to the story that he would go up to the start of the hunting season and travel down. That one's a pretty duck call. This, and I'm going to do something you told me not to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, you're good. Uh, I don't know what that's made of. but yes, that, that is, looks like almost pecanish. Yeah, that is one of the, this is a porter duck cow who actually taught Earl Dennison by history how to make duck cows. But that's one of the prettiest stoppers that I've ever seen. Don't know what it is. But now, it's pretty. And I will say this one. Oh, yeah. And that, it's hand-painted. Yeah. Hand-painted, yeah. And it is beautiful. And, and it looks like a walnut. On a wa that, that's definitely a walnut. But it is, it's just gorgeous. That's a Glenn Scobie duck call. He was also from New York. He passed gorgeous. away here in the last decade. And also, I like the the laminated duck mm -hmm. calls. Yeah, we talked about that one. Yeah. It's almost, yeah. When it's... But not only do you have duck calls here, but you've got some other calls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I'm looking at one right here. In the <laughs> this one? Yeah. You got the big turkey You think call. they'd want to see that? I think they would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might want to hear it. Let's hear how it's that. Here, your turkey no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. this I'm is more of the stalking in front of it. <laughs> there you go. Um, this is a, a turkey call that was sold, probably made by Earl Dennison. It's got a sticker yeah. on it. Uh, there's some, I've got some Errol Dennison advertising somewhere. I didn't have it all out where he advertises his turkey calls and also his crow calls. Um, these are pretty hard to come by. And this is one of the things that I didn't want I needed from my, from my uh, Dyer County collection. So yeah, my yeah. wife was understanding on that. And that's pretty neat. I mean, it's... Uh, and this was actually made when there probably weren't many turkeys here. Mm -hmm. So you rarely find any Earl Dennison turkey calls in West Tennessee because there weren't many turkeys around at that particular point in time. Yeah. Of course, then you got the uh, the crow calls. Yeah. And these go hand in hand with uh, turkey hunting. But sure. if sure. you go back and you look, crow hunting used to be a very popular activity back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And if... I went, you know, to shoot some video with mm -hmm. a guy in Jackson, and oh my gosh, it is so addictive. That is, I, I could really, really get into crow hunting. I mean, I, I really want to do it more because it is, it was so much fun, and it's more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Oh, they are some smart birds. Yes. And these people were calling them in with, you know, a piece of wood and a piece of metal. Now most, I think, crow hunting is done electronically and things like it that. It was with us. So it was, it was. Pretty big challenge. Yeah. Of course, you got some uh, goose calls. I don't believe I brought any particular goose calls. Hope that didn't break. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a collector's item or anything. No, <laughs> don't worry about it. But you know, we're seeing a lot of Earl Dennison, and and we were talking about his labels and how they've changed over the years. And and by looking at it, you'd almost have to say Earl Dennison is your favorite. But who is your favorite maker and why? Well, I have a lot of Earl Dennison duck cows. Um, because he was a, a master marketer, probably. But this is this maker right here is my favorite one, and it's because he was from my hometown. And I I was collecting four or five years before I even knew he made duck cows. And uh, his name's Sam Maupin. And then I asked my dad did he ever know Sam Maupin. He said, well, yeah, Uncle Sam. He wasn't her uncle, but they called him Uncle Sam, okay. and he was a person that just was a woodworker in Bogota, and he made some very unique duck calls. You see that octagon? Mm -hmm. it's a, that's the only one, I think, on this table with that shape. 
Well, uh, with, with with this in the corner yes. or in the top, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you've Dyer County, which is the county I live in, had lots of duck call makers. You had Earl Dennison, but then you had E.O. Quinn. You had Scobie, uh, um, Glenn Scobie. You had N.O. White, and I've got a whole flock of N.O. Whites here. He um, he was a, a guy who was a I guess he was a trade teacher at the Dyersburg High School. Okay. And he... You, what a trade to learn. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's make duck talk. And he made duck calls, and <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of his advertisements wow. in the duck call. Like, yes, he'd sell for like $2.50. If you want an extra read, it'd be like $0.25. Cents. Oh, my. And and, um, and then you had uh, Tom May, and just uh, you had Doc Ramey. I'm just looking at it. You had Mr. Haddock. Just... just I, Anyway, and yeah. Jason, you like this one, and I'm gonna reach across the table because uh, you, yeah, the leather, the leather it. and the brass. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, who made this one? E. L. Quinn made that one right there, and he was a, uh, by all accounts, a machinist by trade, and he would do some very unique things with tuck calls. Yeah. This is this is uh, one of the things he would do, and if you look over there in that corner, see all that checkering and carving he mm -hmm. did he did that yeah oh that's beautiful yeah i didn't see that one earlier you got the duck head carved in yes it. yeah mm -hmm. yes and it's got brass bands on it and things of that nature this is a i like this duck call yeah and i like how cool. some of these you still have the original price tags on which he won't take the original price on the sticker i mean yeah we've learned i mean he doesn't clean it up it's <laughs> it's authentic it's what it was when you found it you could see some of these have been used some of these May have never been used. There's. I don't so know why it wouldn't take twenty dollars for that one call. Well, this one, this one was six. Six. I'll give you six for that one. <laughs> well, maybe one of these days. Uh, I tell you what, this is just. This this is fascinating because you just keep looking at them, and we could talk about different ones. So, what is your? I know you talk about well, I need and I want. What else are you looking for out there? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, I told you I had a holy grail of something that I had finally got, one of my Ithaca advertisements. But So what's yours? As far as duck calls go? Well, it didn't have to be, but, I mean, you know. I don't really know. Uh, and there's duck call collectors out there that are friends of mine. If they hear that, the, they may have one, and the price will go up. So I know. I'll just tell yeah, you, I'm not really looking for anything. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, just looking for the next dusty corner, right? The, yeah. That <laughs> Yes, <laughs> to try to find that next uh, that next call. I've been I've been very fortunate I, in collecting. I'm always on the lookout for another Sam mopping, um, like that. Well, one. Was, and and what is this one? Because it this one is different than a lot of the other ones. When you Which know one? this, this one, one right here. here. Yeah, I've been looking at this one too. See how. Yes, that came out of, I mean, that, this was a real foot lake maker. And, and I like how we have, we're, they're all labeled. He has a piece of paper in there. A little note, yeah. Note where it came from. Logan Jackson. And most of the time, if you can find, a, and they're hard to find, yeah. there'll be a little nick out of them because it's very, you know, frail, I guess, is what it was. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I've ever blown You want to blow it? No. No. I but it's I'm not just tearing anything up. <laughs> I mean, it's just a Logan Jackson. But it's 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 distinctively different it's from everyone unique, else. A unique yes. design, the hole on top, and how that the yes the mouthpiece. I mean, of everything here, yeah. that one stands out mm -hmm. just from the way it's made. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it, that is it looks like a little di a little shallow a dish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was from Lake County. Yeah, that's very cool. Well. um we're going to run out of time here. Uh, I appreciate your 
openness to let us come and look and and explore and and hold these and uh it's very cool we're gonna keep you if around if anything i broke he broke it <laughs> we're gonna keep you around and do another show here in a minute if, if yes. you can see behind us we got all this artwork uh, we didn't get to these calls on the wall so oh. we'll get we'll get to those in the next show we'll kick it off we'll with kick that. it off with that and then we'll go into as you see the background behind us we'll, we'll go into that yeah so uh if you're enjoying wildcast come back uh, we're going uh, to talk about some folk art. Diving in more next week. So, uh, thank you for tuning in. Tony, thank you. Thank you. For this time. Uh, Amy, thank you for lining this up. This has been great. Um, this is Tennessee Wildcast. If you enjoy what you're seeing, keep coming back. Uh, we're out there on YouTube. Find us on your favorite podcasting app if you want to listen to us. So we're out there on the radio, 24 different radio stations across the state. Find us out there and uh, follow us on our social media accounts. And we appreciate you. I hope you have a good one. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.